Ladies and gentlemen, this is your places call. All right, everybody, back to one. Standby lights one and sound one. Camera speeding. Audio speeding. Lights and sound. Go. And action. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Pretend World's Real People. What's up? I'm Stephanie. And I'm Tyler. And today we have one of my favorite people uh, in my whole entire life um, as a guest today. She has been my stage management mentor for about 10 years and um, is also uh, basically my mom. She likes to refer to me as the daughter she had when she was 20 and straight. <laughs> so without further ado, this is Julia Jones. Hi, Julia. Woo! Welcome. Julia. Hello. 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 Oh, you have the little pupper on your lap. I do. Stella. <laughs> She's Stella. the sweetest. Where's my Where's my boy? What's he doing? I I have no idea. <laughs> Lying around somewhere. Before I got Watson, you guys, um, I when I stay with I used to stay with Julia a lot when I lived on the East Coast and um, would work in New York City because she lives in New Jersey. Um, they have listen to this household and it's not Julia's doing at all. It's her wife's. They have four dogs, uh, two cats. Do you still have your, your bearded dragon? Troy. Yep. Uh, no more birds. The birds died and you were happy about that. <laughs> birds dead. Birds dead. Uh, have Thrilled I missed about that. Yeah. Some foul play. I no longer involved. have to clean up fucking feathers. No. Foul play. <laughs> Okay, that was horrible. <laughs> um, did I miss any other animals? There's a lot of animals in that house. I feel we like have four dogs. Yeah, well, oh, I said that at the beginning. But anyways, but their first dog they got when he was a puppy and I was staying with them at the time and his name is Chowser and he <laughs> is the stupidest, cutest, big uh, black golden retriever dog thing and he is my buddy and anytime i go to visit he sleeps with me um so i just had to check in on yeah him. a black golden well retriever. isn't that what he's oh it's a flat-coated retriever that's oh what they're God. called i mean he looks like a golden retriever but just with black, black golden yeah that i'm sticking with it that's uh it's like a shimmering shadow is that sure that sounds good <laughs> you know what that is? <laughs> Oh, all right. yeah. All right. We'll jump into this. So, Julia, um, I'm assuming people at this point will hopefully understand that you are a stage manager, but can you uh, tell us specifically what kind of stage management you do and um, why I think you're awesome? What kind of stage management I do? Yeah. Well, I, um, I don't do stage management. I am a stage manager. Okay, fine. Um, I meant like the type of theater you work in. So uh, just to just to set the record straight, mm -hmm. I am not a ment. I am an er. <laughs> uh, I'm 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 a person, um, and I do mostly uh, Broadway musicals. I have wow. done plays, but it's really begrudgingly. Right. No, it's great. I love it. <laughs> I, I no, love the it. only one that was begrudging was not even on Broadway. <laughs> 
how we met. No, that was the best. I know That's that one I met you. I know. And you know what's so funny? Um, I just talked with a college student yesterday who is doing that play as like a stage management project. And Christine Whalen, who was the production manager at Two River when we worked together, um, it's her student. So she reached out to me saying, hey, would you talk to this girl about, you know, the show? And it was so funny because she's like, I read it. Because and... you couldn't remember anything? <laughs> oh, I remembered a few things, um, but she thought it was as bizarre as we did. The, the play we're talking about is Seven Homeless Mammoths Wander New England. What? what? Uh -huh. that, that, old, that old gemstone. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Shoot, the playwright what? is Madeline, what was her last name? Still Lesbian. She was... <laughs> You know what we did? I did talk to her about is how you and she's, Madeline, uh, she was awesome. She's great, I really, and she's a yeah. I really liked her, but everyone thought we. Were, oh. <laughs> I forgot about that. Everyone would get us confused. Yeah. Yep. They yep. all thought I wrote the play. Yep. Because yep. pretty much all lesbians look alike. Right. Especially, uh, yeah. Oh my Glasses God. in wearing. Red Bank. And Red Bank, yes, New Jersey. Um, Ooh, no, Bank. but I, yeah, I saved you. I saved you just then because you were about to make a flannel shirt reference. Actually, I was about to make an age reference. <laughs> oh, mom's gonna disown me by the end of this episode. So I saved you, my dear. Yeah. Um, no, but you know what? I, uh, was talk, talk to her about is how um, it was you and Madeline were the only lesbians in the room. And yet it was a play about a lesbian couple and ex couple. And so it was three women and we had to do a sex scene. And it was those two straight women that didn't understand how lesbian sex worked, remember? Oh my God. Uh, well, <laughs> I, and I certainly am no help. <laughs> Is that rehearsal like? It was. That it sounds was daunting. Hilarious. You know, it, until she just said that, I didn't remember any of it. <laughs> but now you do. Yep. Thank you. Ingrained. No, I, I really thought I thought it was a kind of a wonderful play. I think she's a extremely talented playwright. Uh, that Madeline lesbian, what's her name? <laughs> All right, I'm gonna look you it can, up because I feel yeah, really Yeah, you bad. gotta remember her name because she is so yeah, talented. She really is. Um, and she was wonderful She's to work with. She's talented. Um, yeah. It was just. Um, uh, just and she year. took the most incredibly intricate and interesting notes. Hmm. Yo, that's right. Madeline George. And the tiniest. Oh, that's definitely a playwright. Madeline George and the tiniest little George. handwriting. Yes, that's right. Um, I also remembered, uh, I, and I uh, expressed that uh, when we were running the show, and first of all, you had to call the show directly behind the audience in that weird rickety booth. So like you had no voice because you had to whisper all the time. That well, thankfully it wasn't you. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. Um, and then second, uh, that night I got, I was really sick. I had that terrible head cold and I forgot like the main prop of apple juice for like the final scene. And thankfully one of the actresses saved me, but I felt like an asshole. <laughs> but I was so sick that I could like barely 
understand yeah. what was happening that night. <laughs> um, Fortunately, you were at Two River Theater and not on the Broadway. Exactly. I will also say you love to make fun of me for my paperwork uh, because of how detailed it was. And you were like, what is happening? <laughs> oh, I believe it. Mm -hmm. Are there any embarrassing stories you have about Stephanie's paperwork well, we were, that I could use? <laughs> well, I mean, let's face it. We were doing the show for like three weeks. I know. It's not as if she was passing it on to the Smithsonian. <laughs> yes. You don't know. Maybe one day it will be there. I, I run shows for five years and I haven't done that kind of paperwork. Oh, my God. Uh, that makes so much sense now. Of, let's talk about your, your running of, of Broadway. I mean, when I did my episode and I kind of talked a little bit about what a stage manager does and the details of the job, um, I... I brushed on Broadway a little bit, but I only had a brief experience with it. And you've been doing Broadway for how many years? Uh, 20 years. Yep. yep. Wow. Um, so yeah. Can you well, two th 2001, you're in town. You're in town was my first PSM on Broadway. Right. Um, how many, how many uh, first and second positions had, did you have before that though? Oh, uh, three. Okay. So yeah. So, I mean, you've been but doing not Broadway. On Broadway on tour. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Um, yeah. I had had production contracts. Right. Okay. I had production contracts, but I had not done Broadway. Got it. Okay. Uh -huh. I was what I now hate. Yeah. Except for I was an older version. Got it. So I, I am an ageist. Yes. I am an ageist. I do believe that, that you have to have some experience before right. you enter the the uh, Broadway world yep. but um, I I had done production contracts on tour for about five years okay and um, I had done you're in town off Broadway and I'll never forget because I went to the general manager and I said so if you don't think I come by this honestly this belief that you have to work your way up in on Broadway. I went to the general manager and I said, you know, when you go to pick a PSM for Broadway for you're in town, can I, would you mind if I had some say in it? Mm. Uh, and she said, well, we were going to ask you, but continue. <laughs> and I said, I said, oh, I just assumed you were going to replace me since I haven't PSM'd on Broadway before. And she said, well, you've certainly done a lot of production contract work. And I said, well, yeah, but not on Broadway. And she said, you're still not on Broadway. This is, you're in town at the Henry Miller, don't worry. And she was right. It was a great way to sort of wet my feet. Um, um, and it wasn't in a, it wasn't a regular Broadway house. This uh, the house stagehands that were um, that were hired for you're in town to run the Henry Miller, all except for the prop woman, were extremely helpful to me and guided awesome. me. Uh, so and I stayed close to those guys over That's the awesome. years. Uh, yeah. Why not the prop person? Let's just say uh, uh, 
maybe we were different. That's fair. And how we approach things. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. So we didn't hit it off, Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, not, not maybe my favorite person, uh, of the time, but as I've gotten older, I've sort of just let it go. So See, I'm not saying anything bad. I, I love it. I appreciate that. Um, what is, what do you think is like specific to Broadway stage management work that isn't as necessary in regional or smaller theaters? And like, what is it about stage managing on Broadway that you enjoy so much or, or it is unique, I guess, to the job? Well, you know, I um, I spent nine years working in regional theater mm-hmm. um, and have done it a couple of times, as in Two River Theater, mm-hmm. since uh, making the transition to working on production contracts and in commercial theater. Um, so they're just very different worlds. Yeah. Uh, the world of commercial theater, you have to realize... On Broadway, and this was told to me by uh, a stage manager, Ira Mont, who Stephanie has worked for, mm-hmm. He's, um, he was very specific about his first um, and who he hired as his first because it's a multi-million dollar venture mm-hmm. that you are in charge of mm-hmm. at some level. You know, not in a all powerful way, but in a in a way that you have to be ready and prepared to make decisions and work with other people and allow them their voice at a multi million dollar level. Yeah. So you don't have that in regional theater. In regional theater, you can do wonderful work and mm-hmm. you do the work of a stage manager. But that kind of responsibility you are not left with. Right. You have you have the uh, your you have the comfort of institution. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're not left you're not left to make those mistakes alone. Right. Right. And um, and they I had a producer tell me once when I had a stagehand um, not preset a prop properly mm-hmm. and I didn't see the mistake mm-hmm. um, and it was off Broadway and he said to me if this were a Broadway show I would have your job wow and he said just know that you're this was a huge and it was and it was a really horrible thing it was a mystery mm-hmm. of Irma mm-hmm. and there's a a portrait it for the first act and a portrait for the second act and mm. it changes in the second act and we still had the second act portrait up uh, and it really threw the actor and it was horrible and it's those are the things those are the learning curve that i've really taken very seriously right uh, I, I so i don't disregard what it means to present theater to people for you know a buck 50 at the mm-hmm. cheapest, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. people are paying, people are paying a buck 50, two bucks, 
three mm -hmm. bucks a ticket mm -hmm. to see a Broadway show. Yeah. And that comes with a certain amount of responsibility. Right, right. That makes sense. What, um, what has changed since you've been working for 20 years? Like what are the biggest changes that you've had to adapt to on Broadway specifically, you know, um, that didn't happen 20 years ago that are happening now? Um, and, and with, gosh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, and with, you know, at, like you, uh, being a self-proclaimed ageist, uh, is it difficult you know, working with these new young kids that might already have knowledge of, of the changes that have happened or whatever, I'm, you know, thinking technology wise or whatever. Um, yeah, it's not even the technology. Okay. I will say that. And I think these kids are brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the, these kids are brilliant that are coming up uh, as stage managers. They're coming up a new route. I mm -hmm. just, you know, I, I, um, I don't think, I don't think that becoming a PA on Broadway and two, three, four times should mean that you get a Broadway show and that should lead you to your next right. Broadway show. Right. I just, I really do feel like there is more to theater than Broadway. Right. And I feel like we need to get to know the nuances of life outside of it. That's my, yeah. that's my take. Some of these stage managers and some of them aren't even that young anymore um but they're great yeah. they're talented they they have all the things some of them are their own best advertisers mm -hmm. like they they know how to market themselves mm -hmm. they know how they know how to do it all yeah um it's not my taste and it's not how i run a show but it's definitely I definitely am not dismissing sure. what they bring to the table. Sure, sure. Um, I'm still very old fashioned. I still uh, believe in being fluid. And as a manager, I am not, I am not the boss. Mm -hmm. I am a, I serve the production. Mm -hmm. I'm in service. Mm -hmm. Um, to the production. Mm -hmm. I'm in service to the director. Mm -hmm. I remain fluid to what they want. Mm -hmm. Do I know how I like a call board to look? Yes. <laughs> do I get, am I very specific about do not ever do this? Make sure you BCC check your mm -hmm. fucking PDF mm -hmm. before you hit send. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Do I try to take all the life lessons that I've had and cram them down their little <laughs> PA throats? Yes. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to go into a room with someone like Tina Landau or mm -hmm. Chris Wielden or Jack O'Brien or any of these directors and force my agenda. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that's not who I am as a stage mm -hmm. manager. I like to remain fluid. I like to see what they want. Mm -hmm. And then I pick up that energy and I try to build on that energy. Right. Um, and let setting policy take, 
take the more instructional hand than me being me setting all the parameters right right i set the policy for the for the company um along with the company manager and i hope that that is what i can lean on rather yeah. than my vast years of experience right right <laughs> you know right yeah so so sorry going back to the first part of my question what it has changed what's different in 20 years on broadway what's been uh, challenging or fun to kind of learn and adapt i i mean i could tell you my tits have dropped down to my <laughs> belly button in the last 20 years um but that's not on broad I mean, <laughs> while i've been on broadway um but I'd say, for the most part, what has changed on Broadway? You know, it all changes so fast, and yet it doesn't change at all. Um, even the technology, mm -hmm. yeah, there's a lot more. There's a lot more technology, and there's a lot more automation. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess, I guess that's probably the biggest thing is the technology, although then you come back and you see shows like once mm -hmm. and uh and and uh Hades Town well Hades yeah Hades Town and and what was that show that shouldn't have won the Tony the year I did SpongeBob but did oh. uh because SpongeBob should have won <laughs> uh that was that was that awful show about traveling or something anyway it, it was about a band of merry men, the band's visit. Yeah, the band's visit. That's oh. it. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Another show, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can talk about the technology that's taken over Broadway. Mm. But then there's the art of simplicity has right. swept in under it. You know, right, now, right. now, you know, projection and is so delicate mm -hmm. and or can be, mm -hmm. you know, um, and used so in such a sophisticated and delicate way that yes, it's technologically advanced. Mm -hmm. What we're gonna do on MJ, mm -hmm. what Peter Negrini is gonna do mm -hmm. um, on MJ is going to be sophisticated and technologically advanced in all things that I won't even begin to pretend to understand, <laughs> but it's it's so delicate. It's still a delicate hand, right? Um, so I'm I'm hoping that shows like Beetlejuice mm -hmm. are less the norm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a place for those mm -hmm. spectacles, um, but. I, I think we always do go back to the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you feel like, you know, thinking about, you know, working on You're in Town 20 years ago, and I mean, I love that musical. I think it's so great. And then um, doing something like SpongeBob, where they're two very different uh, productions um, and shows, do you feel like Broadway is less what's the right word I'm looking for? Like kind of catering to uh, um, things like Beetlejuice and things like 
you know, even, I mean, even SpongeBob simply because it was, uh, you know, something that was created by Nickelodeon. So it's like this huge b billion, bazillion dollar company versus, you know, just like a normal producing, you know, people in New York or whatever. Um, do you feel like there's that kind of pressure on Broadway to like every show has to be bigger and better and more expensive and blah, 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 or? No, I don't think so. I think, you know, it's kind of a trap, right? Yeah. Because it, you can, once you get to Broadway, you'll be like, oh, we need to make this dress. And then the costume shop is going to say, oh, that dress cost $7,000. <laughs> so it's not so much that um, Broadway is bigger and out bettering itself. I think that it's, it's the machine. It's mm -hmm. the machine. It's mm -hmm. the it's the shop that the bid is going to be so much more mm -hmm. mm. because it can be. Right. Okay. So, you know, you see Disney's name attached to things. Mm -hmm. So you're going to, you're going to up the price. Right, 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 right. Where if you see my name attached to something, <laughs> you're going to say, uh, run in the yeah, direction. No, right. you're gonna. You know, there's. Yeah. It's all that. It's all the same economics that every business goes through. Um, I, but I would say that we're. I'm gonna go out on a limb. I think it's getting harder to get away with a bad story mm. on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, and who knows what's going to happen after this pandemic. Sure. But I think we're now going to see one of the biggest lulls we've seen mm. in certainly my lifetime mm -hmm. on Broadway because I came into Broadway during shows like The Producers, yeah, which I was lucky enough to work on. And, uh, you know, blockbuster shows, Book of Mormon, mm -hmm. Wicked, mm -hmm. all of those shows have been during my time. Um, yeah, I wasn't, you know, not the chorus line in Les Mis, and that was before mm -hmm. me, um, Phantom. Those came before I did. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but, um, but the um, shows like, it shows like Wicked and Mamma Mia and those things all came in around the time I was coming on to Broadway. And um, you could get away with not so great of a story. Right, right. But I think that, I think that patrons are catching on. Mm -hmm. They want both now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief is not going to blow Broadway. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could see that for sure. I I've personally never been on Broadway or seen a Broadway musical, but it seems like the biggest marquees and the biggest, you know, pieces of advertisements come from that sense of spectacle. Hey, you're you're going to quote unquote escape for three to four hours right. for, you know, right. 50 or so bucks a ticket. But the story's going to be pretty thin. Right. We have colors. Yeah, yeah. But the story's pretty thin. Uh, I do want to know more about, I guess, is there a point of 
of origin within your background, uh, stemming, um, I guess not stemming, but uh, kind of veering you towards the course of musical theater, theater in general, was there a point in time in life where you just said, oh, this is definitely what I want to do? Did, did you have that spark or that moment? I have no fucking idea how my <laughs> career came about. That's awesome. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I remember very specifically when I left regional theater because I called a stage manager that I had assisted at the Repertory Theater of St. Louis. Great guy. His name is Glenn Dunn. He had worked there for... I, I don't know. I want to say he probably worked there for 30 years at the rep and um, I assisted him there and I was working at Studio Arena Theater in Buffalo and an opportunity came along to do Smokey Joe's Cafe, mm -hmm. uh, the first national tour. Um, and I I was very conflicted because I was very safe. I was, I had created a, a PSM position, not just a, not just a stage manager, every other show position in Buffalo. I had had the opportunity to create a, 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 a regional theater where I oversaw all the productions, the other stage manager who worked with me, would learn to call my shows. We had a very like, we had a, a, a real department mm -hmm. and it was very cool and all good and very creative new stuff. The artistic director loved to do new work. And, um, but I found that I was play and repeat. Mm -hmm. I was just like re rewind hit play. Mm -hmm. That's the stage manager I became mm -hmm. because in regional theater, that is a real trap mm -hmm. because oh, you are in an institution and they have a way that they want things done. Mm -hmm. So you really can just sort of rewind and hit play if you have any sort of personality at all. Mm -hmm. um, and so I called Glenn very conflicted because I was going to leave my little safe haven. Mm -hmm. And he actually said, do it. Yeah. He said, I should have done it when I had the chance 15 years ago and I mm -hmm. didn't. Wow. And he said, and look at me now. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, wow. For some reason, I didn't think that was the advice you were going to give me, mm -hmm. but I did. I took his advice. You know, I, I like to listen to what people tell me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, and so I started over uh, as a second assistant. Mm -hmm. um, and I've always been pretty cautious. I don't jump into things. Yeah. So it wasn't like, just like I was when, when Sally Morris, the general manager from Dodgers, when I went to her and asked if I could have some say in who the PSM was right? because I wanted them to ask someone that I wanted to work for mm -hmm. <laughs> if they, if, um, 
I've always been pretty cautious about these moves and, but I did it. And um, one thing led to the other and I just kept getting work on musicals mm -hmm. and yeah, no one, the only plays I ever do are giant. Yeah, uh, I know. You did the one with Norbert Leo Butts. Um, well, that wasn't giant. Oh, that's fair. But that was, but you, like, I that feel- was just bad. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. <sighs> um, oh, I shouldn't say it was bad because I don't know what your listenership <laughs> is. But uh, if Katie Holmes and Norbert Leo Butts are listening to this, Norb, if you're listening to this, you were great. <laughs> I just, maybe it wasn't up my, right. it maybe wasn't my milieu. There you mm, go. There you go. Um, perfect, perfect way to put it. Uh, uh, the Norman Conquest was three different plays with three different sets done in, uh, what do you call that? Rep. Yeah. Um, is that what you call that? Yes. Because did you do, you did a new show every when day, you, right? Like, yeah. And then we do all three plays. They were a trilogy. Right. The Norman Conquest is a trilogy of plays. Right. Yeah, I would call Alan that. Acorn. I would call that. In so rep. we would I mean, do all three full length shows in one day. Oof. And they were all different sets. Ugh. Oh my god. So the stagehands would have to completely and I mean huge changeovers. One of the sets was real sod. What? And we had real grass on the set. <laughs> so you went into work at like eight in the morning and oh, didn't get home yeah. until eleven at night. That those changeovers were something. Yeah, and they fed us because we only had yeah. like a half hour or less for dinner. Oh wow. my goodness. Uh, but, and then um, the Larry David play mm -hmm. was, had tons of automation and was not uh, small. So yeah, I've never done a small play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> other oh, than wow. the one that I assisted my friend Rolt on. Right. Uh, with Norb. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, what is it about like musicals or really big things that you seem to really enjoy so much? You know, I, I guess I'm a little bit of a sucker for musicals in general. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I like the spirit of them. Mm -hmm. I, I love, I love really talented singers and mm -hmm. dancers and, um, I love when, the stories are told that way. Mm -hmm. um, I like the mix of people. Mm -hmm. I find I find them exceedingly human. Mm -hmm. um, musicals, for the most part. I don't know. I don't know what it is I like about musicals. Uh, I mean, I guess calling them is fun mm -hmm. that because that's less of a thing mm -hmm. for me mm -hmm. as I get older mm -hmm. um I like I like maintaining them yeah they're just it's a bigger community in maintaining them you yeah. know yeah it's, you get associate directors and dance captains and mm -hmm. and 
really talented stagehands and yeah. you just get the best of the best yeah. when you do a big musical and working with some really good technicians and designers mm -hmm. and directors and choreographers and uh, performers and you, you really do like, yeah. uh, for the most part on Broadway, I just work with the best of the best That's and it's awesome. exciting. Yeah. Can you talk yeah. a little bit more about, so when you're a PSM on Broadway, that role, like you said before, because you're, you're kind of, you know, in charge of this multi-million dollar thing, there's so much more to it than running rehearsals and writing reports and, and calling the show like that, especially once the show has opened, you know, very often it's the first or second who's calling the show and, and you as the PSM it, are doing what, like, uh, you know, what is that, what is that part like? It can become a little bit uh, of a um, habit, mm -hmm. you know, you can fall into habits. Uh, you're, you're in charge of maintaining the production. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that sounds like such a simple statement. Mm -hmm. um, but you're in charge of making sure that if you have, if you're lucky enough to have an associate director mm -hmm. on the show, you're in charge of making sure that they have what they need to maintain the creative portion. Right. You work with them to help maintain the creative portion, hopefully. I mean, you that's the first relationship you have to develop, right? right, right. Um, you have to develop that relationship with your creative partners mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to say, to be able to say, you know, I was watching the show and it's looking a little sloppy. I think mm -hmm. that the they aren't hitting their marks. They aren't this, they aren't that. Um, and it might be because a scene has gotten too intimate or, mm -hmm. you know, maybe the actors. So you really have to look at the bigger picture. You mm -hmm. have to know, unlike on a limited run thing, you have to know the origin, right? You right. have to know the bigger picture. You have right. to know the origin of why, why do, why are the, why is the lighting as it is? Right. Right. Why did, what, why is the speed of that cue what it is? Right. Right. Was it there to match the, was it there to match the action? Mm -hmm. Was it there to set a mood? Mm -hmm. Are the actors, kind of phoning it in so they're moving too quickly mm. so it's a delicate balance mm -hmm. because maybe it's better yeah yeah and when, when maybe the associate director has found something in a replacement cast member that makes it just a little better if it moves at a different pace right and therefore you know if you have a designer who you really understand why they built that cue, mm -hmm. then you can go to your head electrician and say, you know, we may want to shave a couple of seconds off of this because we have a new cast. Right, right. And 
So it's really understanding same right. thing with the automation or the not so much with the automation because you know that's a little bit of a different horse but right right um you have to understand how things breathe yeah um you have to be able to breathe with the show and and you have to understand it tangibly enough to pass that on right right to the other people on your team right there's there can't be any secrets you can't be I, okay i'm gonna say this with the proviso i can't be there are plenty of stage managers who are wonderful and plenty of stage managers who i learned from mm -hmm. who ran a tight ship mm -hmm. and you did things their way or you mm -hmm. didn't do them at all mm -hmm. and they were the best of the best mm -hmm. and i won't speak ill of a single one of them mm -hmm. um and there are some stage managers right now there's a a young man um thomas rectumwald very good stage manager um he came up very fast and he's had a very good career um but he runs things his way mm -hmm. and so um i don't really believe in that yeah uh i believe in staffing a show so that i can give people all the information i have right and if they have something to give back. Uh, I, I want the show to be able to breathe with them like it does with me. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. walk out of the building and have people say, while I'm away, the mice can play. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Do you find it hard to, uh, or at least when we were able to sit down and watch shows with your career, do you find it difficult to separate your career from uh, being just a traditional audience member where you can appreciate a musical or appreciate a performance? Or do you feel like it's pretty easy to kind of separate the two given that, you know, you just, you love this, this industry so much? Well, you know, I used to be a real sucker. Mm. I used to be able to sit and watch a show and just love it. Um, I have become more critical mm. of shows than I used to be. Uh -huh. um, but I still think that it's such a powerful art form that I think now that I'm a little older, you know, I went to see Come From Away recently mm. and I literally could not see a thing about that show that I didn't like. Oh, that's wow. awesome. That's amazing. You know, yeah. did I, uh, I think they were nominated for choreography. Do I think they were the best choreography? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it was, it wasn't a matter of the best. Yeah. I sat in that show and I just loved it. That's awesome. I thought it was a beautiful story and beautifully done. And, and so I just was just, taken by it sure so when it's good yeah i think i can just sit and i i mentioned percy jackson and the lightning <laughs> yeah <laughs> i actually saw that oh and let's just say i didn't walk out of that one saying <laughs> how great it was <laughs> yeah 
Um, you know, listening to you, this actually also reminds me of, because like, I think one of the things that I know I love about stage management, um, and I think you do too, but it also is a very fine line to walk is the kind of creative license that we also get to have, um, in while still maintaining, obviously the director's, um, vision. Um, but it reminds me of the piece you wrote about, um, uh, call this cue on the letter K and knife, um, or whatever. And, and the, the specificness of, um, some designers versus the, the creative license that you get, um, to also kind of create the show or have an input. Can you talk maybe a little bit about that and what you like about that? Yeah. So, um, I don't mind. I, should I should say I don't mind when a lighting designer tells me sure. where they think it should be called. Right, right. Or or tells me what it's for. Right. Like if they're like it's for those pops. Right, right. You know, um and I'm gonna I'm also gonna say that working with Natasha Katz is a dream come true. And uh she was the it was actually, okay, when I did SpongeBob, I yeah. worked with a great lighting designer. He's a trip. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was his associate mm. that was giving me the cues. Mm -hmm. And he gave a lot of cue placements. Mm -hmm. And he also put a lot of things on time code. Mm. Um, and took away a lot of the calling. Right. And there was one number that he wanted to put on time code and I wouldn't let him. Yeah. Um, because I just knew that it had room to breathe yep. and I, I just knew it was not a good idea to put it on time yeah. code. Um, I think this guy would have put every song on time mm -hmm. code if he could have. And I don't mind the technology. Yeah. Um, but he was one of these people who would come down and say, you need to call it on this. But I had no idea why. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it made it impossible to maintain the show. Mm-hmm. Right, because what investment do you have? Right, right. Um, except for the numbers that I called that I knew exactly what they were. Yeah. And I had trouble with calling some of those numbers because sure. he just would confuse me when he'd tell me to call things on what he thought they should be called on. Right. Because it's a, it's a relationship between a operator and a caller and it, it's a relationship mm -hmm. um and after i wrote that piece natasha katz who had for the first time had her associate giving cues to the stage manager mm -hmm. has since never done it again wow she read that she read that and it resonated with yeah her. yeah that's awesome. but stage managers have a responsibility too. Oh, of course. Yeah. Stage managers, you can't just, you can't just want the designer to give you 
the information. You have to be ready to receive it. Right, right. So, I mean, if the designer is going to take the time to give me the information about how they would like the scenery to look, mm-hmm. how they'd like it to land, mm-hmm. do they want it to move in quickly and then glide in? Mm-hmm. Do they want it to, if they are going to give me that information, I have to be ready to receive it. Right. I have to understand what the director and the designers both want and be ready to hear that. Mm-hmm. Not, I can't have in the back of my mind what I think would look cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, totally. I, you know, I, and, and I think that that's a problem sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think that too much of our creative brain wants to see what we think mm-hmm. our aesthetic is. Mm-hmm. Because we do have a creative brain. Mm-hmm. We are not stage managers because we thought it would be cool to be in middle management. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, boy, I, I want to be a stage manager so I can be a middle management in theater. Right. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I want to be a middle management and make no money unless I get on Broadway. Right. Um, for my whole life. Right. Um, no, we do it because we have a creative brain. Yeah. And sometimes that creative brain doesn't let us receive other people's information. Right. Right. So in, in my world and how I run my brain is I open my brain up to other people's creativity. Yeah. Uh, I, I really take in what they're telling me and try to interpret it. Right. So if a lighting designer says, uh, oh, I want you to call it here fine, I'll call it there. But I also want to know why I'm calling it there. Right. Call it with the fly cue because I'm going to make these movers travel with the light. Right. I want the light to travel with the scenery. I don't want it to get ahead of it. Or I want the light to establish just before the scenery lands. Right, right. If you tell me that, then I can imagine what that is right and i can communicate that right and it also helps i have to be ready to hear that though right and i feel like it also helps because then you'll also know if something's not working properly like if that light isn't doing that thing is there just a basic technical issue with it that you need to fit you know well that's when you hire the right asm right that's true that's when you hire the right first like fucking Matt Lacey, who I work with all the time, the guy is a genius. (laughs) Like, he'll be like, I think that moving light is, Uh I think it's got a bad clicker. Uh That stuff, I I don't know a damn thing about any of that. And I work with brilliant, you know, that's why I do love a brilliant technical mind. Yeah, yeah. as a co-pilot because I, um, I do not have that mind. Mm -hmm. Mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do not have that mind. Oh, that thing isn't working. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. That's (laughs) 
Can you also talk a little bit about like what it's like to work with large names and, you know, knowing that you've worked with a number of fairly famous people and, and what that is and, you know. Like so long names? <laughs> like, you know, a Catherine Zeta-Jones who you didn't know who that was and, you know, even <laughs> Tina Landau and just, you know, a bunch of uh, okay. Katie Holmes, wait a second. like that. Okay, wait a second. In all <laughs> fairness, in all fairness, Catherine Zeta-Jones, <laughs> I did know who she was. Uh -huh. Okay, okay. <laughs> I did know who she was. Time out. Time out. I had done my research. I knew she was in the movie Chicago. <laughs> I may not have known any other movie. <laughs> And in all fairness, I just didn't know if she, if she was the blonde or the brunette in Chicago, <laughs> but I knew she was in it. Love you. <laughs> so, meeting meeting Catherine, who, by the way, is awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's an awesome person. It was not the greatest way I met her. Um, <laughs> I thought she was one of the producers on the show. She came into rehearsal and she was quite early to first rehearsal. And I had memorized every headshot of that cast, except for I of course knew who she was. And I knew who Angela Lansbury were. Mm -hmm. And Angela came in and uh, do reverence. I knew exactly who Angela Lansbury was. And, you know, just as she couldn't have been nicer. And then this very, elegant woman came in a brunette mind you <laughs> and um she came up and she had this accent and by the way she didn't have an accent in chicago oh. either um she came up and she had a hat and she was very sophisticated and she said and i went up and i said Hi, I'm Julia. I'm the stage manager. She said, oh, hello. <laughs> and we just stared at each other for a second. She said, I'm Catherine. And I said, of course you are. Hi, I'm so sorry. Yep, I knew that. <laughs> so I knew who she was. In all fairness, I love you. I did not know she was married to Michael Douglas. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so, hey, you just humbled, a, I think, an Academy Award nominee. Yeah, so right. That could have been a really good thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was she nominated for? I have no idea. She's talented. It's got to be something. Probably Chicago. I think she's yeah. talented. Probably yeah. she's she is a talented woman, and again really a terrific gal yeah. yeah but you know like uh you've worked you know with people like elaine stritch and stuff and and working with different personalities oh, <laughs> um like what do you what how have you figured out how to manage those various personalities and you know and when you work with a difficult one versus someone who's like yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just curious what that's like. Well, I mean, when you're talking about someone like Elaine Stritch, she's just a, 
may she Bless. rest where I should trust me. She's not resting in peace. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. Um, uh, yeah, I can, I can still hear from across the theater, Jonesy. <laughs> um, no, she's just awful. Uh, but so I don't know that there's any way to manage that, Yeah, that's you know, except for, you know, give her her diabetes shot. Um, I, you know, Elaine, uh, her dresser would get so frustrated that she would come down to the office and say, your turn. (laughs) And I'd have to go up to her off. I'd go up to her dressing room. What are you doing here, Jonesy? Oh, just checking in, Elaine. Oh, oh, yeah. Maeve ran away. I made her mad. She ran away. <laughs> nope, I didn't say that, Elaine. Just wanted to stop in and given her notes because Sondheim was too chicken to give her a note. <laughs> that was fun. Jonesy, you don't know Steve like I, I know Steve. You're right, Elaine. <laughs> I don't know Steve like you know Steve. But he didn't want to come up to your dressing room and give you this note, so I have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think, you know, I have. I've had the opportunity to work with some really, some wonderful luminaries and um, some not so wonderful. But, you know, I'd say more, more than not, they've been great folks mm-hmm. that I worked with. Uh, the most diverse crowd was probably on that Larry David play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd really say the producer was the biggest character of all of them. Um, Scott Rudin is, oh, was wow. the star of that show. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, he's a very powerful producer and, and Fortunately, he knows it. Like, yeah. no one wants an insecure producer yeah, for crying yeah. out loud. Um, there are a couple of those out there. Um, he's not one of them. Um, but uh, you just, I think you just approach them as people. And if yeah. they aren't people, they're going to let you know soon right. enough. Right. Like, if they don't consider themselves as people. Um, I am a little bit of a unicorn, you know, I'm lucky. I'm lucky in the fact that, except for not now, now that there's a pandemic, I've watched so much fricking TV. (laughs) I know who everyone is. (laughs) You know, God forbid I work with with anyone, although I don't know any of the real names, but God forbid I work with someone from Downton Abbey. I might have a stroke. Right. I love it. So good. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> you're just 10 years behind, but it's fine. <laughs> Catch up to the movie. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Is that that long ago? Uh, I don't know if it's 10, but it's, it's old. That's okay. It's <laughs> delightful. I just rewatched it like last year because it is so good. So I'm not, no judgment. Just, um, what was I going to ask? 
Oh, I guess we kind of talk, you know, I, I know you have to get going with Coop soon, but um, one of our questions that we always like to ask, and you've kind of mentioned it now, but what are some things either not, I mean, not pandemic related, but in general that you really like to do when you're not working and maybe you've been doing even more now that you have no work and how is that been affecting? Kind you of know, I wish that I could sort of dig into some of the things I like to do more, but I've really found this whole pandemic has thrown me off in a way mm -hmm. that I've had a hard time. I've had a hard time finding the other parts of me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I am, I do have a pretty solid outline for um, the Dow of stage managing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is the other lessons about stage managing. Yes. The, the non-stage managing lessons about stage managing. <laughs> um, so when I have that done, you can have me back on. Yeah. Well, you still have your blog though, right? And, I know you haven't written it. And a I while. hope you have a, well, I have written, but I've been oh. sort of writing for the book. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, Cause we'd have rather to than the blog. We've been happy. I, I would love to link your blog yeah, so people can. Absolutely read the few things or i mean not the few but a number of the things you've written about stage management and stuff um oh, okay yeah yeah it's the dow of stage managing um sorry it's the blog um what so wait so you've been writing you've been working on your book which is exciting what else i have been i have been doing that um i have an idea for a musical uh that that we'll see how that mm -hmm. comes the person i'm writing with doesn't really write music oh um but she's awesome so and it sort of come came from her the idea so we'll see if that ever happens um and basically i've just been doing a lot of stuff at home yeah um and getting jobs where i can you know to pay bills but yeah. um what have you been able to do what yeah. have you been working on i i'm ex i'm excited to start back we've been doing a little bit of work on mj oh okay good uh right. actually that's awesome um yeah we've we've <laughs> I've gone to the director's apartment. He has the white model at his house. Oh. Uh, Christopher Wielden is directing it. And, um, and I've gone over there with his associate, Dante Keen, who's also a wonderful director in her own right. And um, we've gone through doing the scene by scenes and the nice. transitions oh, nice. and okay. sort of determining because it is going to be it is going to be technically a very big show, mm -hmm. but it hopefully will not. Again, if I, if I think I know what this is going to be, it's hard to ever know what these mm -hmm. are going to be, mm -hmm. but 
I think the idea is it shouldn't look like a big show. Right. It's not going to look like a spectacle. Right. I, I don't think. Interesting. I think the idea is it's going to be a beautiful story. That's awesome. Um, with, of course, it's going to have the spectacle because it's a story of Michael Jackson. Right, right. But it's not a spectacle in that, you know, no one's going to come out doing an impersonation of Michael Jackson. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's, it's all his essence and his genius. Right. Um, unless, unless you're now going to cancel this because we're in a cancel culture and... <laughs> Um, you know, though that does kind of bring up uh, something I do want to pick your brain about a little bit is with now that, you know, now that Broadway has been shut down for so long by COVID and will continue to be shut down for a while. Um, and with, yeah, rub it in. Sorry. Rub it in, <laughs> hey, Jack. I'm poor too. I got no work too. Um, but also with, um, you know, uh, the recognition or the wider recognition of um, maybe some of the faults of Broadway in terms of race or in terms of just um, uh, even story like we were talking about before. Like, do you think that there's some major changes coming to Broadway once things get going again? Or do you think it's going to be harder than we all think? Well, you know, I hope so. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I hope some major changes happen. Um, the Black Lives Matters movement is extremely important. Mm -hmm. It's um, uh, people of color and the recognition. I hope that it makes a big difference and not because, you know, I want to word this carefully, so mm -hmm. we might need to start over. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I hope it makes a big difference. I hope Black Lives Matters makes a big difference for people of color in on Broadway and in the industry, not because of the pressure, mm -hmm. because it's the right thing to have yeah. happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, it, I don't want, I don't want it to be because it's finally being recognized. Mm -hmm. I, I want it to be because it's, it's the thing that should have been happening right. all along. Right. Just like, just like it should not be a big deal yep. to have people of color as widespread on Broadway mm -hmm. and in the theater business as it is for white people mm -hmm. as it is for queers mm -hmm. god knows you can't swing a cat without hitting a queer <laughs> <laughs> myself included yeah you know what i mean though yeah. it, it shouldn't be and it shouldn't be that it's just because you're working on a, a black show right. or you're working on we are an industry that should be able to open up and not go down that silly rabbit hole right. of color. And, you know, I worked on a show. It was a beautiful show, but there was 
one black man in it. And there was no fucking reason for there to be one black right. man in it. Right. Absolutely no reason yep. for theater to have a token anything. Yep. There's just no reason for it. Right. So I hope that it happens because it's the right thing. Not because there's a pressure of a movement. Right, right. And 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 I really feel strongly about that. And mm-hmm. I have had a lot of time to think about that. And it really it it boils down to, you know, it should be an inclusive art form. Mm-hmm. Our managers should be inclusive, our crews should be inclusive. Um, and they just aren't right now. Right. And I don't know what it is. I'm not the person who knows what it is. Do I think the outreach is a problem? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do I think I can, I can, I can make pretend that I know that economics have made it that a person of color can't starve as long Mm -hmm in New York City mm-hmm. as a privileged white person mm-hmm. can't go on a PA salary mm-hmm. as long. Um, do, do I know that those things exist? Absolutely. But I, I really do hope that we're able to make some fundamental changes in our structure. Yeah. in our infrastructure of Broadway. Um, managers, producers, directors, choreographers, writers, uh, music directors. But like I said, not because, not because of the movement of Black mm-hmm. Lives Matters, but because it's the right thing that should have been happening all along. Yeah. And I'm so glad that it, that it's being paid attention to because I want shows to not cast because they have to, but because that person of color is the right person for the show. Right. Right. For the role. Yep. Yep. If they are, that is the best manager. Yep. Yep. I don't want them to, you know, so it's it's an it's a change that needs to happen. It's a fundamental change. It's going to take. There's going to be a a lot of, you know, bruised this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I really do think it is super important. Just like women in this industry, mm-hmm. I I just want to see people of color, and I want to see women, and I want to see. And not that I don't love a good white man, because <laughs> I do. God knows I am a lesbian that loves a good white man. Um, uh, so it, it's not that I don't want them all to, but it's time. Yeah. And it's way past time. Yeah. This should This shouldn't... This shouldn't have ever come up on Broadway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's just not the place where it should have. It is, and I'm glad it is, but um, it's long overdue. Yep. Yep. 
Um, and I shouldn't just isolate it to Broadway. No, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's everywhere. Regional but, theaters, yep. it's it's everywhere. Yep. It's theater everywhere. But in when you're talking about my industry, you're talking about Broadway. Yeah. And yes, yeah. it is way past time for fundamental change. And and it should it I think it would be great. Yeah. In fact, I'm working with um I just got a call from um I'm hoping I can make a, a little difference. Uh, I just got a call from Beverly Jenkins, who's a wonderful stage manager. Um, she and Lisa Dawn Cave and Jimmy Lee Smits, who they're all they're all um, stage managers, are doing a sort of an outreach um, for stage managers, uh, people of color. And it's going to be where basically it's like a Zoom interview thing. Oh, that's awesome. So um, to get a chance for that outreach. Yeah. Awesome. You know, as she said to me, it's not that there aren't plenty of black stage managers out there. It's that people don't go to Howard University's theater mm -hmm. school and seek them out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so... I think it's great. Like, bring it on. Let's, yeah. let's do this. Let's, let's make those changes. Right. Um, yeah, I guess before we, uh, we head out, is there anything you wish to, um, instill upon, you know, people who are currently in school during the pandemic, uh, with a focus in theater or production management? Uh, is there anything that you wish to kind of, you know, uh, lend your advice to as far as how to approach the next, you know, couple of odd years we'll have in this industry. Yeah, they are going to be odd. Mm -hmm. We're going to see the low of lows. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the money's not going to be there. It's going to take a long time for tourism to come back uh, in the New York area. Um, I think regionally they're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I think regionally they're going to bounce back because people aren't poor right now. Yeah. That go see theater. Yeah. That's the thing we cannot forget. Yeah. The people who go see theater uh, aren't poor. They're still working. The pandemic hasn't put them out of work. Right. Um, the people who never probably could afford to see theater in the first place are unfortunately the people that mm -hmm. are out of work. Mm -hmm. Um, so once again, we have a case of the poor are getting poorer. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's horrible. Um, so I think theater will bounce back. I think my part of the industry, I think Broadway is going to go through some pretty dark times, uh, because we are a tourist industry and mm -hmm. people do spend precious dollars sometimes seeing that one Broadway show. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's going to be a little tough. Uh, but for students, I digress. Um, first of all, for students uh, in the arts, in specifically in stage management or production management, I'd say, um, first of all, I am so sorry <laughs> that they are going through this. Yeah. 
that they have to do classes on computers and their eyes go blurry and they don't have a reason to get dressed. Um, but I am saying, uh, I am sorry that students right now are going through this uh, yeah. on over computers and, um, but uh, I'd say really take this time to think about your humanity and um, you can't out, be out practicing the craft. So take this time to learn some unique, um, some unique skills. Mm -hmm. Take this time to learn that software, learn FileMaker, mm -hmm. learn those things that um, are being used in the industry. Learn about, learn about those things that um, when you're practically hands-on, mm -hmm. you're not going to have the time to learn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But also learn about humanity, learn about people, read a paper. Uh, it's, this is the time to do it. Read the newspaper. Have an interest outside of yourself. Find out about other people. Um, it's really important for managers mm -hmm. to know about other people mm -hmm. and about what the world, what's happening in the world. And not just this fucking election mm -hmm. and the transition to you know, the finally getting a real president in office. Mm -hmm. um, no offense, Stephanie. Uh, <laughs> I know you're a big. Yeah, huge. I'm a huge Trump fan. You're right. I know you're a big yeah. fan. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, take a little, take a little time to read some other sections of the paper. Right and and learn about that is production managers take the time to learn about some of this technology really dig in geek out on shit that mm -hmm. like you know because now's the time to do it because once you are back boots on the ground mm -hmm. then you need to really be able to get your head out of your ass get your head out of your computer and Pay attention to what's happening in that room. Mm -hmm. Be alive. Be mm -hmm. a part of the other people in that room. Get to know what makes them tick. And that's the interesting thing yeah. about theater. Yeah. Right now, all that other crap, even your beautiful paperwork, Stephanie, <laughs> you know, that shit, it can only go so mm -hmm. far. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, someone's really funny eye roll or oh, that person's got a lazy eye. I wonder if they ever had corrective surgery. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, really taking a chance to look at someone yeah. and look outside of yourself. That's the good part. Yeah. Getting to know little quirks about people yeah. are great. And once your boots in the ground, that's what you should be looking at. So mm -hmm. take the time to do the other crap now. Yeah. I like that. That's fair. I mean, I will say, Julia, uh, my paperwork has become less and less important to me because I think you taught me that early on. And, and, uh, I mean, I've always been, a, I've always been a people person, but I've, I, I've taken that, that mentality that you just talked about. 
to heart as well because I, I so I think one of the reasons we get along so well is like yeah we really enjoy the people the humanity of the of the art and and it's really important absolutely so, yeah absolutely it's it's it, and it's only this yeah you, yeah no other art form yeah yep I mean um, maybe painting nudes <laughs> Then you have to be really make sure you're really paying attention to those guys. You don't want to you don't want to put a wrinkle out of place. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know you don't want to insult someone. Exactly. Um, yeah. Any last things you'd like to promote or have us you know uh, uh, share links to or whatever that you think people might be interested in or. Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Well, I think really just the Dow of stage managing. Um, yeah. Nope. Okay. All right. Well, you're the best, Mom. Thanks so much for <laughs> for doing this. Um, no, you're the best. Okay. You're the best. You're the best eldest daughter. I know. <laughs> Um, other than my real eldest daughter <laughs> that I could have. Um, all right. Thank you, thank you right. again so much, Mom. Thank you, thank you. And thank you, listeners. Um, we really hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, make sure that you are following us on all of our social media. Our handle is at PWRP Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, uh, you'll get lots of news and, and fun things, you know, coming ahead stuff. So make sure that you're following us there. Yes. And if you'd like to be a part of the show, if you have a story to share or you're somebody who uh, is just interested in the arts industry and wants to kind of jab in with a conversation, we'd love to have you on the show. So if you'd like to do that, please email us at pwrp.pod at gmail.com. Yes, and we have uh, started our Patreon. Um, no subscribers yet, but that's okay because everybody's poor right now and we get it. Um, but if you feel you're giving strings being pulled during this holiday season and you want to maybe become a subscriber, uh, that would be great. Um, if you can't afford money right now, because none of us can afford money. <laughs> um, yeah, but you would like a, a PWRP sticker, um, please rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you listen to us, and um, then send us an email, and we will shoot you a sticker after we've confirmed that your review is nice and not mean. Yes, we're going to make sure it's at least three stars. <laughs> At least. At least. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks again for listening. And until next time, bye. bye.